Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode 692, recorded on October 19th, 2022. My name is Martin Spriggs, and this is a show about technology and ministry and where those two intersect. Kind of a special episode. We don't get to do this too often, but those of you that are viewing at home notice that it's not our normal split screen, you know, different state, um, across the internets uh, kind of podcast. We are in the same place at the same time, and I'm joined by Sally Draper in the home of Sal, the new home, uh, the new old home <laughs> new of old Sally home. Draper. Very old home. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to North Mankato, officially. Great to be here. Probably the first time we've ever done a podcast in North Mankato. That's probably true. Yes. Yeah, done it in a lot of different locations, but this is officially Wells Technology West now, as we do have a new to us home that just happens to be 130 years old. Mm -hmm. So uh, nice of you to stop by. It seems you were in this neck of the woods for other reasons. Yeah, I was visiting the good folks at Martin Luther College, working with the technology department there. I try and visit each of our synod schools at least once a year. And, um, the director there, Bob Martins, newly minted director. He's been there almost a year now. Wow. Um, so got up here before the, the snow flew, although <laughs> it was 20 degrees last night. Yeah. I was not expecting that for middle of October, but uh, it was good to see those folks. Uh, saw a mutual friend, James Karlowski, oh. fresh off of a uh, uh, crazy thing that, at least from my perspective, <laughs> that he did. He ran... Uh, without being chased for 26 miles, a wow. little over 26 miles a marathon, apparently they do here in Mankato. Right. It was just this past weekend, and I saw photos of quite a few. I think his son ran with Is them, that as right? a matter of fact, but there were many MLC-related folks that were running in the Yeah, marathon. Uh, Bob Martin's wife, Laura, ran a half, half right. marathon. Not her so. first. Either. Right. She's a serious runner, so right. more power to them. I'm proud that they did it, but yeah. yeah. So and that's why I was here. Yeah, it was... Uh, quick trip over it's only like five hours or so so um got a chance to to get a little face time with the other folks in technology that's good stuff and it worked out that we could record our podcast as well Why not? so right. um here we are in the makeshift studios in the draper home and uh we have a great show lined up as mm -hmm. usual looking forward to a discussion that kind of springs board off springboards off our discussion from last week. Those who are, I should say, last episode, those who tuned in uh, know that we talked some about school technology planning. We had Gail Potratz join us and uh, great discussion, definitely an area um, that schools and churches should be paying attention to having right. those technology plans in place. Uh, this week, we wanted to shift gears a little bit and focus on how to go about how you get there, putting it together, right. and that kind of That's thing. That's the hard part. And mm -hmm. you, you, if you if you don't have a plan, um, it's very difficult to know where to start, what things to think about. Even if you've got kind of a template, um, who do you involve? Where do you begin? Are there tools available? Which is kind of the focus of our show, Sally. Is are there good 
uh, helper tools, technology tools that you can use to collaborate, especially virtually. I think a, a lot more of our churches and schools are are okay with getting people together over Zoom or Teams or whatever. Um, and sometimes that technology planning happens over a longer period of time where there's a back and forth, more what we would call asynchronously. And there are tools that'll help that as well. So we thought maybe we'd spend a little bit of time talking about brainstorming tools, planning tools, documenting tasks, you know, those kinds of things. Good, just kind of collaborative productivity tools. Mm -hmm. And even if you aren't working on a technology plan right now, I guarantee you your church or school has some kind of activities in the works that need planning. So maybe you're doing, um, like at our church, organizing a brand new discipleship team. So we're going to start doing every member phone calls on a regular basis. We have about 30 people involved mm -hmm. in that network of people that are doing the phone calls. And that's a lot to coordinate. Right. So um, kind of putting your ideas together in one place is probably a good idea when you start initiatives like that. Yeah. And we've talked about uh, planning before. In the book we wrote a few years back, we had a whole section on uh, technology plans and planning and, and ways to go about it. And there's all kinds of events, you know, that are going on within an organization. You think of, you know, VBS was the example we used in the book. How do you go about planning for an event, even though you do it year in and year out? You know, what are the components of that, and what are the tools? Uh, that you can use to to make something like that successful. And it doesn't just happen by itself. There needs to be good planning, good documentation, a step-by-step -step process. Definitely. So, yeah, this show is all about the tools that you can use to do that. And, Martin, even though we just wrote a book on this a few years ago, I think the tool sets have changed yeah. in that time. Um, there's some on this list that I wasn't familiar with at all. So, we have a pretty good list. I kind of am paper and pencil kind of gal. So I don't mind just like starting by writing things down <laughs> on physical paper and stuff. But these tools will allow you to to digitize it, to also share it collaboratively from a distance. Yeah. like you described. And we should say that there is a place and there's nothing wrong with using kind of same place, same time paper, whiteboard. There's actually tools we'll talk about that allow you to capture that even digitally and share those, but mm -hmm. uh, certainly nothing wrong with that. And all these tools kind of mirror um, that experience mm -hmm. where you are virtually using whiteboards and post-it notes and putting stuff up there and brainstorming around you know, you starting with a blank slate and then building, you know, building yeah. from that. I've done it before with these big, huge post-it notes. Um, sheets of paper mm -hmm. that we stick all over the walls and everything. And the challenge with that, although I'm a paper person, is you need to be able to get all that information somehow digitized. Mm -hmm. And so by starting with a tool like these, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, incorporating it into something digital and after the fact. Or right, whatever. right. So we'll go, go over a few tools. If you're watching at home, you can see uh, Sally bring up a few of those, but you can look these up for yourselves. Uh, some of these have been around a while. Some of these are new inventions of themselves. You know, over time they've revved them, so they're, you know, they're at a 2.0 or 3.0 version. They've recognized uh, their usefulness. One of them that uh, I don't have a lot of experience with, but looks really cool, and I know a number of people that use it, is a product called Miro. M I R O. 
Uh, their tagline is where teams get work done. Uh, so it sounds exactly like a solution for this kind of problem. And it is that whiteboard concept where you can drag all kinds of digital assets onto a whiteboard. Everybody sees this in real time. There's post-it notes, there's charts, there's tables, there's pictures, there's um, uh, video, uh, audio, everything just can kind of come together on this board and ultimately you can uh, save it, export it, um, multiple people can edit on it. There's a free version, there's an enterprise version, depending on how deep you wanna go. It's got a lot of different features for uh, brainstorming, including mind mapping and uh, those kinds of tools are kind of an all-in-one. It, it really uh, helps you too, because it comes with some templates. So if you're doing something uh, that is more strategic planning, there's a strategic planning template. Um, there's, there's all kinds of tools to help you get started. Um, nicely done product and uh, built from the ground up with this kind of thing in mind. Yeah, it even works on different types of screens. So that's pretty cool that you could be on kind of an iPad type screen where you could work with a pencil and, mm -hmm. and interact with it as well. Yeah, where this really works well is if you um, broadcast this to like a touch screen, a larger touch screen, and you're in a meeting room where you can drag some of these objects around um, and truly gives that whiteboard experience. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's actually very cool. Uh, another one is from Lucid. Uh, so those of you that work within the Google's, Google Workspaces area probably have come across this. I know we enabled it for our kids at, at Peace, and I think there's probably a lot of schools that enable this, this add-on. Uh, Lucid Chart is probably what you've heard of. Uh, this is Lucid Spark which is kind of a variation of that, which does uh, a lot of the same things that, that Miro does, uh, allows you to work with shapes and uh, diagrams and lots of different um, opportunities for annotating what you're putting down there, post-it notes, those kinds of things. And again, a free version, uh, a lot like Miro, uh, but it's built right in, can be used on a Chromebook. Uh, very, uh, I would call it approachable. It's very easy to, to kind of understand what's going on. And, and they too have templates as well. Um, so that's Lucid Spark. Let's see what's next here. I've got a whole bunch of them open. This one doesn't have a nice demo screen because I'm logged into my Microsoft account. But apparently if you have Office 365, there's a whiteboarding tool there. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, you could do screen sharing with it and um, do all kinds of cool things. Looks like it has notes and shapes and uh, all kinds of drawing tools and things of that nature. Yeah, and one of the neat things about this is it's kind of built in if you are part of the Office 365 um, suite, this comes along with it. Um, mm -hmm. So you just can, can build this uh, as a standalone app or as a add-on into like say Microsoft Teams. So you're in a Teams meeting you can bring up Microsoft uh, Whiteboard. And again, all of these come with neat exporting features so you can share them with the world or a larger committee or committee members who weren't part of it. Some of them even offer recording so that you can, they can hear and see that brainstorming process, which is kind of cool. Very nice. 
the next one I've used and uh, have really appreciated its price tag, uh, which is bubble, B-U-B-B-L dot U-S. Basically, an online mind mapping tool. We've talked about mind mapping. I think one of our earliest shows was Probably on so. mind mapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we used Mind Manager long, long ago. Uh, this is a similar concept, except all web-based. And it uh, spits out, uh, again, exportable tools. And remember, the concept behind mind mapping is you... Uh, it's very easy to brainstorm. You have a central idea and then around it in a radial fashion are branches, other ideas that you can easily move around and connect and uh, and make sense of uh, mass chaos to begin mm-hmm. with and then ultimately becomes something more usable. So mm-hmm. great, great brainstorming concept and, and tool. You can do this for org charts and things like that too, but uh, I, I find it, I think, mostly helpful in the brainstorming process. Yeah, that whole brainstorming path is never linear. You're just right. kind of all over the place. And that's what my map. I mean, you can just throw things out here and not connect them until right. you, you know, figure things out. And if you try and make a brainstorming session linear, I think you're somewhat restricting yourself. True. Because you're saying, well, I need a, I need a one and a sub A, B, C, and then I can go to two A, B, C. Mm-hmm. That's really not the way these brainstorming sessions work or even the way we think. That's right? a good point. Because you don't know what that structure is right out of the box. Mm-hmm. So, Sally, I'm going to let you take the next one. This is one of your favorite oh, tools. Yes. Um, the next one we have to share is Trello. And if you've listened to Wells Tech in the past, you know we're big fans of Trello and we use it pretty heavily at the Senate offices to organize our different projects and things. But Trello is really great and versatile at a lot of things, including, I think, a great brainstorming tool where you can uh, just begin creating these cards that represent different ideas or tasks that would need to be done. And then over time, you can create lists of them and organize them that way. Certainly, you can use it to track a project once you've started. But I think for brainstorming, um, really powerful. It has um, the ability to assign people to cards, to uh, label cards with different labels that are totally uh, up to you how you organize that. So um, it can it can be a really helpful place for brainstorming, but then turning it into mm-hmm. the actual project tracking tool, I guess, would be a w- good way to describe it. Yeah, and we had a bunch of sample Trello boards mm-hmm. you know, when we wrote the chapter on this in our book. I think as v, you know, as a uh, sample VBS project with uh, different uh, approach, different um, reasons to have different boards, and one of them would be task management, one would be brainstorming planning. Um, we we kind of live here as we are developing projects within uh, the Center for Mission and Ministry. We ask those customers or what we call product mm-hmm. owners, you know, to be involved with it as well to help kind of organize the cards, give depth to them, um, give context. And then ultimately it becomes our communication tool as well around a project, which is kind of uh, uh, one of the neat benefits of a tool like this is you capture all of the dialogue around a particular topic within one tool rather than, let's say, your inbox, you know, if you're talking about email, where it's all mixed in with all kinds of other stuff. 
here, it's very uh, specific to your project and things don't get lost. And it's easy to kind of see the history or where you are with the project and or a task. And that's one of the reasons that tasks sometimes get stuck is somebody doesn't know where you sit, you know, who did it and who promised to do the thing the last time and, and who owes who what. And that's what these things are good at creating check Trello boards or creating checklists and those kinds of things as well. So yeah, I'm thinking of even more benefits on the along the lines of sharing it publicly. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a big project and you're want to keep your congregation tuned in, um, they could have a view, no login required or anything. And if you, if you go that route, right. um, That adds just a whole nother layer to what you can do. And then finally, going back to that paper and pencil idea, um, there are even plugins that work with Trello. Trello is connected in so many different ways to so many different things. But there's, a, I think, a mobile app where you can use your phone to take pictures of paper input and it'll OCR them and convert them into Trello cards for you. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the sky's the limit with what you can do with it for sure. Get started for free. In fact, there's so much you can do for free that many, I think, many organizations wouldn't need anything more than that. Right. Sure. And even if you did have to pay for it, it's not that expensive. Mm -hmm. So, we should probably just mention a couple of ecosystems that are helpful when you're doing planning. Obviously, Google Workspace, Microsoft, Microsoft 365. You know, they all come with all the tools necessary for for planning, documenting. Uh, sharing, all of them have great sharing tools, um, permissioning. So if you want to make sure that it's restricted to a certain number of people, uh, Google and Microsoft do great jobs at that. Um, you have basically all the tools that you need to, to, to get the job done. You just have to pick one and, um, and everybody can get on. And that's the neat part. They're all web-based now. So uh, nobody really needs to download Microsoft Office or there really is nothing to download with Google. It's uh, it's all in the cloud. So yeah. Microsoft even has a tool called Planner that's mm-hmm. part of their suite. I haven't specifically used this before, so but apparently you can very Trello-like uh, tool, right? Where you can have columns with task lists and and assign them those kinds of things. And if you're in that ecosystem, they appear as a task in your Outlook or whatever. So cool, pretty cool. Probably should talk about some just overall key considerations when you're thinking of brainstorming and planning tools. Um, I think a general rule of thumb is you have to document everything. You can't assume that because you said something in a virtual meeting that it's captured, that, uh, that everybody is on the same page. So the way around that or the way to safeguard yourself and to not having to revisit a topic over and over or wonder you know, who said what is to, to get it down on, to get it down virtually. You know, so put that in a really kind way. For me, if we don't document, I don't remember it. Right. <laughs> nice to have it to reference. And you know, one thing about all of these tools is if your projects are cyclical, so every year you do VBS, it's mm-hmm. really nice to circle back to that documentation from the last time or right. from your brainstorming or whatever. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Another thing is uh, be inclusive. And what I mean by inclusive is just assume that uh, you're going to have people at varying levels of technical comfort, uh, but also coming in from various different devices. You know, some people are doing a lot of their work on phones these days, mm-hmm. tablets, uh, 
PCs, Macs, um, and uh, you want to be sensitive to the different ways that people uh, work. So these tools are, are good at that, and you want to make sure that they are comfortable with the tools that you've got in place, too. So don't just assume somebody knows how to use something. Maybe there needs to be some orientation to the tools that you're using and why you're using them. Uh, don't just say, well, get an account to Miro or Lucidchart and you'll be good, you'll be good to go. <laughs> you know, maybe there's some some rules of the road and maybe some step by steps that you want to make sure people are comfortable with before you expect them to be productive in it. I think that's gonna just to amp up when you do jump into the actual brainstorming and planning, everybody on the same page and ready right. to go and stuff. So yep, good yep, advice. Yep. Um, then maybe one last piece of advice is as you are bringing these people together uh, for brainstorming, which is kind of a start from scratch kind of thing, there are some things that you can do to prep people before they get to the meeting. What are the key objectives? What are we here to do and what do we hope to accomplish in the next hour so that you know, you're not just looking at each other for the first 20 minutes until you're waiting for somebody to come up with a great idea. You're priming the pump, so to speak. So maybe mm -hmm. there's some seed questions, obviously an agenda, which has maybe some time blocks for, you know, we're going to do this for this long and this for this long. Uh, super helpful to, to kind of prep people to know what to expect. Maybe actually saying, be prepared. We want your great ideas, you know, yep. come ready to share. Give some thought to this. <laughs> For sure. And then maybe uh, another thing we should probably throw in here since we kind of live and breathe it in our projects is maybe there's a methodology or an approach to uh, whether that be brainstorming, planning, or the project itself that could be helpful. And we've talked about this in the past, Sally, and that's uh, Scrum. That, that we use and Scrum is simply a way to attack a project um, and how you, I think maybe the one of the biggest tenets of Scrum is this concept of a two week or some kind of length sprint where you're saying, we're going to get this amount of work done in this amount of time. And then uh, we're going to do that again. And we're going to mm -hmm. set Stop aside. Yep. Uh, see how we did and then go to the next two week or maybe mm -hmm. it's in the church of uh, in the in the case of a church project or school project maybe it's a month or you know time between meetings or whatever and we've got mm -hmm. some great resources on that too right recently our team read this book um, by Jeff Sutherland co-authored by his son JJ Sutherland uh, it's called scrum the art of doing twice the work in half the time I think I made this a pick Mm -hmm. At one point when we were reading this, this is not um, the nuts and bolts and rules to live by. This is more understanding um, the impact of using Scrum and seeing examples of it in real world kind of business scenarios and uh, just kind of helping you understand. I think Scrum kind of grew out of software development mm -hmm. and it fits really nicely with incrementally developing software solutions, but it fits really nicely with a lot of other things as well, because we're all trying to accomplish and check things off our list and get projects done. And so that same methodology definitely applies. Um, there was one other book that you found, Martin, Scrum uh, for Dummies. I thought that was an interesting title and one that maybe wouldn't be so uh, intimidating to people. Um, but interestingly, when you looked at the um, table of contents, let's see if I can bring that up. 
Maybe not. I don't know why my clicker isn't opening that, but um, it had some very practical chapters in it as well. <laughs> Things you wouldn't expect. Uh, yeah, like to for make dating and family Scrum life. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. How can you apply Scrum to your, your dating life? Um, so, Scrum for everything. Yeah. Um, we can't vouch for the contents of that chapter or any other chapter in this book, but we found it intriguing. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So I think that's going to that should maybe wrap up our discussion on uh, brainstorming and planning tools, just something to think about. And um, obviously the end goal is that you're producing some kind of deliverable, whether that's a, a an event or a technology plan, whatever it is, there is a path to get there. And probably the worst thing that you can do is try and in many cases, try and go this alone. Uh, even if you do, some of these tools would help, but a collaborative approach would be, uh, I think, beneficial to, to you and the organization. And some of these tools enable that collaboration. So if you've got other tools that you've used and found helpful, make sure you give us a shout and let us know what you're using and how you're using them. And we'll pass that along to the kids as well. So. <laughs> All right, Sally, we should maybe move along through the agenda. And that for us is our ministry resource segment. What did we find here? Yeah, um, we are smack dab in the middle of Digital Citizenship Week. Who knew? Huh? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is an effort that's sponsored by the folks at Common Sense Media. We talk about them quite a bit on the podcast as they um, produce a lot of um, media reviews and things related to um, children in particular. Um, so parents and educators can use their site to get reviews on different um, movies and books and video games and things of that nature. But they branched out and have a lot of different avenues um, for common sense type thing. And mm -hmm. this is in the common sense education area, Digital Citizenship Week. And uh, even though they've put the date of October 17th through 21st here, I think you could celebrate it just about any time. The concept of digital citizenship um, is really vital to teach from a young age because um, our lives are so, um, I don't know, a good word for it. Everything's digital these days. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do has got a digital twist to it. And it's just kind of an expectation now that uh, you're going to know what to do with it, um, maybe even without some preliminary training or introduction to it. And so um, helping students to understand um, digital resources and also understand how to use them safely mm -hmm. is a is a big plus for this. So they have uh, daily activities and they have it at every grade level here. Um, so again, um, they've got a full curriculum you can tap into if you want to do that. Um, it's been 10 years that they've been celebrating Digital Citizenship Week. So uh, they have some fun things planned this week, but also things to access all year round. Mm -hmm. So a good idea to um, make this a priority in your school and your home um, so that people are um, well trained from a young age to have that good discernment um, yep. in relation to all the things available to us. Reminds me of a conversation I had earlier today with with Bob Martins, the technology director at Martin Luther College. We were talking about kind of a surprising observation that they were making there at, at the college level that some of the kids coming in, freshmen and sophomores in particular, are coming in with 
without some general computing skills, like uh, what is a file structure and a folder structure and uh, general computer operations. And I don't know why that is. We kind of thought, well, maybe there was a gap because of COVID and, you know, different things. And I guess the point is don't assume anything. Mm -hmm. So things like digital citizenship and some of it may sound like, you know, this is just good. This is just common sense, but don't assume that. And, you know, we need to prep our kids for a life with technology, both responsible use, but also effective use. Um, right. So. And the fact is we can't prepare them for every piece of right. software. I mean, obviously we just went through a whole laundry list of things that are pretty new to us. Right. Um, so we know the future is going to be different than it is right now, but yet giving them those skills and that discernment to, to work with things as they come um, is very practical, yep. great knowledge. Yep, yep, yep. So. so I think we're ready to move to our picks of the week. Yep. And my pick of the week is something that we talk about every year on Wells Tech. It's one of those cyclical things that we come back to because uh, the folks at Christ and Media Institute out of Bethany Lutheran College have once again put together a great lineup for their gospel outreach with media conference. So um, this is a totally online event. Um, let's see the right button here. Um, you can get to it at 2022.gowm.org. And what they do is basically invite different people to write on different subjects, kind of sharing some of the things they're doing in terms of gospel outreach with media. And then there's an open discussion forum around each of the topics that they share and uh, opportunity to explore it further, to ask questions, that kind of thing. Um, and then I think in about mid-November, they shut down the discussion forums and they archive everything. So it's really interesting. You can go back through all the years of these different um, events and read and learn from all the people that have shared over the years. But this year, um, lots of great things here. They've organized them around the message, um, media activities, media education, and then other updates and opportunities. So uh, a couple that jumped out at me right away, Technology in the 21st Century Exploratory Mission by missionary Michael Hartman, one of the friends of friend Wells Tech, yep. um, who is now uh, settling in London, England, to be a new missionary um, in a brand new uh, mission startup there in London. Um, and then a couple of others, there's so many on the list. One that jumped out at me further down the list was from... Um, Pastor Mark Parsons, and I'm having trouble. Truth and Love Ministry in there Nampa, Idaho, up That's at the bottom. It. Yeah. And yeah, they're doing some really interesting things with um, um, videos of people that have left the Mormon religion and, and kind of yep. telling their story. And mm -hmm. they're, they've they've got a big, long project um, perspective, and they are beginning to film those videos, the whole project to go live, I think, in 2024. So mm -hmm. they've got um, some really exciting things planned around that. But again, check out the list for yourself. There's a report on the XR Festival, which was held in the spring about extended reality and um, just a lot of other interesting things going on around both Ls and Wells um, using media um, for gospel outreach. Yeah. So shout out to Tom Custer, uh, Dr. Tom Custer for uh, continuing to promote this. This is a labor of love and mm -hmm. um, 
just keeps churning them out. And uh, many people have been blessed through this. So for thanks sure. for your work. Tom. Great topic. Yeah. Good pick. Uh, my pick uh, <laughs> is kind of timely because I'm in a new house, fairly new house. We moved in this summer. You're in a new house. True. This is an essential tool uh, <laughs> if you're doing any reno. And it is the, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Zocoon Shockproof and Waterproof waterproof 3d green laser level were you gonna take and it you, swimming with you Martin? <laughs> yeah i don't know why it needs to be waterproof but uh it shockproof is. for sure but basically it's a level self it's a self-leveling box that shoots laser beams sounds dangerous uh, on the walls and ceiling and and floor if you want it to so you can know exactly where horizontal and vertical is on any wall so Great for hanging yes. pictures. Uh, great that. for centering lights on a ceiling. If you know where the center is on the floor. Uh, great for uh, doing tile work so that you've got a, a nice straight line. Uh, all kinds of application for this. And I didn't know these existed until I did some YouTubing and, and looked for solutions because I was really tired of trying to figure this out with a traditional level and trying to get things, you know, there's a ton of stuff with a new house that you want to, that you're not quite sure where level is and where the center of a wall mm -hmm. is, et cetera, et cetera. This thing uh, really works great. Um, you can get them in red or green. They say uh, red might work a little bit better outside, but most of my needs are, are on the inside. You can put this on a tripod. It's got a tripod mount. So you basically just set the tripod up. You set the tripod at whatever height you want. And then this just gives you you know, what is, you know, where is level in the world, regardless of whether your floors slope or ceilings crooked or walls <laughs> are crooked, this tells you where level is. So uh, not a, a real tech in ministry tool, but anybody who is uh, doing any renovating, uh, this I believe is a must have. The one that I got is only 129 bucks. They can go up to you know, what the contractors use for six or 700 bucks, oh. uh, works on a rechargeable battery, comes in a case. Um, it is just uh, a, a nice tool to have in your toolbox if you're doing any kind of that kind of work. So. Okay. Well, my husband is officially not watching this podcast. <laughs> he watches plenty of YouTube videos. As He's he doing does, something so. down in the basement <laughs> that requires is. leveling, sure. So, that's pretty cool. All right, very good. Let's move on to community news and feedback. Um, I'll take the first one here. This is just kind of a follow-up on my pick of the week from two weeks ago, Sally, called ReadWise. And uh, again, ReadWise is a tool that allows you to highlight and then capture annotations from your digital reading. Um, and it brings it all together in, a, in one user interface. You can search it. You can tag it. Uh, it can provide uh, daily um, reminders or highlights of your yeah. highlights. Mm -hmm. um, and on the show, I had uh, extended an email out to the ReadWise people because they offered an educational discount that kind of said if you are a student, but they didn't really talk about educators, but it turns out that whether you are a student or educator, uh, you can get a 50% discount. Oh, that's so, awesome. so I've signed up since then for 50% off uh, the, the standard price. And uh, I did the annual. So I'm a happy camper for a year here using ReadWise. And it works with uh, 
works with Kindle books. You can actually upload content. It works on websites. So you can highlight, uh, you can do some web annotation that goes into the system. So uh, still, still impressed with uh, the ReadWise system. Invested for a year. I predict this will be in our year-end show somehow. And we're coming up on that too. Stay tuned Mm -hmm. for that. We'll see. What else do we have? One more mention that's of another event coming up, not happening this week, but happening December 5th through 11th. It's Computer Science Education Week. We talk about that uh, annually on Wealth Tech as well, but I wanted to give you kind of a heads up that it's coming because you can get prepared now and they're putting together a lot of resources for um, educators to prepare for this week to introduce computer science concepts in your classroom during that week. And so, um, Again, December 5th through 11th, it's put on by the people at code.org, and that's who Mm -hmm. put together this particular website, csedweek.org is the URL with all the details. Um, They have great teaching resources prepared. They've got a what to expect, a calendar of events. Um, They're doing previews and um, different Zoom calls and things like that to get people ready. Um, one thing that I saw was this, um, my CS hero is kind of a theme that they're using mm-hmm. where they're talking about different people that are heroes, um, superstars and computer science. And they have um, posters and slideshows and things around that. I thought that was a pretty cool team theme that they're putting together. But yeah, definitely check out the website. They've got a lot of things here. There are new resources on code.org so that you're not teaching with the same ones the kids saw last year. Um, They're always coming up with innovative, um, fun things to do. I know in the past, um, Dance Dance Revolution and Minecraft and all kinds of things like that were part of it. Mm -hmm. So um, good to get a sneak peek and kind of plan for that a bit early. Very nice. Mm -hmm. All right. If you would like to contribute something to the show, uh, we would really appreciate that. That gives us a little bit of a sense for what you want to talk about and uh, gives maybe gives us a peek at something we hadn't considered or even knew about. So just go to our show notes page, wellstech.wells.net, and you can see all of our past episodes. They're all uh, seven, 692 <laughs> of them now are all there. Uh, you can comment on any of those. Uh, You can also leave a voicemail. Um, You can also check out any of the social media links up at the top if uh, you are in any of those spaces, including Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and all the rest. So take advantage of that and let us know what you think. Sally, I think that's going to do it for this week. It was great being here in North Mankato, Minnesota. Um, and thank you for welcoming me into, your, into the, the new home, the new old home. Um, in two weeks, we're going to go back to our respective corners. And um, I'm going to go back to, to Wisconsin, and we're going to do this all again. And I'm actually very excited about the topic in two weeks, and that is tools we're going to stick with kind of this tools theme tools to create social media visual content uh you live in a tool uh, every other week that uh, creates kind of the things that come out of this show mm-hmm. uh i've been playing around with a few others for for a class that i teach uh, in uh, uh, amazing grace virtual academy to help the kids create ads for their fictitious 
uh, businesses. Uh, so there's lots of very cool tools out there that really make this super easy. So we're going to talk about those, which I think would be super beneficial for churches and schools out there as they're trying to figure out what to, to post on the on the socials, so mm-hmm. to speak. So mm-hmm. tune in next week for that and uh, or in two weeks for that. And uh, we'll walk through some of the things that we've found. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will talk to you in a little bit. Bye bye.